Welcome to Crowding the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Walsh. It's kickstart for the 24th of July. We've got one more of these, and then it's fucking August. Yeah. And then we're talking about starting our fifth year of doing this. Yeah. How weird is that? And it's weird. I mean, we've started it way over five years ago. It just didn't get the first release until August of 2019. So it's weird. Uh, so my schedule. <laughs> Your schedule. Jesus Christ, dude. dude. Here we are doing this at two in the two thirty-five in the morning. I know. Anything, oh, wait, wait, no. <laughs> Anything to beat the heat. Well, see, I, I I don't know if did I ever say how early it was for me when I was in Hawaii doing that Kickstart? I don't think it, I did, but it was like Oh, I know what time it was because it was knew, like six, it, it was six in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I said it on, on mic, but yeah, it was it was early. So we were just trying to take we're kidding though, it's eleven thirty in the morning and it's already starting it's already to yeah. hundred and ninety-seven degrees outside. Heat index. You're already reaching for the, the cornmeal to make beignets in your pants, if you know what I'm saying. If you see yeah, the totally, movie Chef, then that's that. But, <laughs> dude, World Cup, I was still struggling to adjust to the time shift coming back to, to California and then then right into this new schedule. And you think that it wouldn't be a big deal. I'm still starting at 3 o'clock mostly. Some shifts are starting at 5. But it's that extra time of staying till 3 or stay until one on some nights and stay until three on some other nights. It's tough, dude. It's, it's, I mean, it sounds, I know, woe is me, <laughs> but it's air conditioned. It's Whoa. nice out. But one of the things that when I used to do, like when it was, well, for like the last World Cup after I came back from, first half of the last World Cup, I had COVID. So the second half of the World Cup, just to kind of keep my energy up, I would go out and get fresh air. But it's nice 70 degrees outside at that time of night right now. But the humidity is pushing eighty percent, and that's fucking choking. You just stay, you just stay in the house, dude. I know it sounds fucking again. What was me? But yeah, it kind of blows. It is. Uh, it's funny, man, because it's uh, it, it's been hot out here, but it's weird because you go outside and there's a breeze. So yeah, it's not as bad outside. It's it's funny because it's you know it'll it's it's seventy nine whatever in my house, but. Right. It, it's just, no, the air is, you know, it's not moving and it's, the house gets hot and it gets hot inside. There's no breeze inside. I walk outside, it's 95 and it uh, feels cooler somehow, weirdly yeah. enough. Jeez. I don't know how, but, you know, I, I bring up Blu-ray.com to kind of run, do a quick rundown of things that are coming out this Tuesday. Again, I don't know how we've done three kickstarts. I don't know how the fuck we missed this. We even did it before before July, kind of pushing Jaws and reminding people to watch Jaws too while you're watching Jaws and, and missed it. July 4th, they dropped a fucking 4K of Jaws too and it was just totally missed. And I don't know how that is since we're, I think we probably pimp Jaws too more than we pimp Jaws, but there it is. Yeah, I mean, you would think. Anyway, there's a, there's a collector's edition though that did get delayed until the 28th. So that is this Friday. I don't, I don't think it's an exclusive to Best Bikes. I think I saw it on Amazon and what, and it was Amazon selling. It wasn't like a third party or anything like that. But I ended up ordering on Amazon. I ordered the Steelbook, which I'll, without all the bullshit and then a standard 4K to give away because I still have the Jaws 4K to give away that we bought a couple of years ago to give them away. So we'll give away the two pack at some point, maybe at the end of the summer. Maybe that'll be our uh, our part of our celebration of being starting our fifth season. Our, our so uh, long summer yeah. suckers. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Uh, Justify came back last week. 
And it took me a couple of days before I, I got to it because of my schedule. I thought, by the way, last week, I thought it was Thursday like three times. And, and I wasn't the only one. I, I It was uh, a lot of people at work were kind of talking about it. They didn't, they didn't know what day of the week it was. So I'm like, oh, by the way, those, those I mentioned me getting off at three o'clock in the morning. I actually have somebody coming in at three in the morning. I'm not just going home at three. Somebody else is coming in. So I have to wait for them to come in and do a little handoff. So think about that poor soul. It's got to be there at fucking three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Three in the morning to get a handy. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. You, you, you put it up there. I had to swat it. Sorry. It's an incentive to get there on time. (laughs) Yeah. Be here on time and I'll hand it off to you. (laughs) Wink, wink. Shit. Anyway. So yeah, just if I came back, um, they dropped two episodes on Hulu. Uh, and it's on FX too. If you have like, again, if you're still using satellite or cable for some silly reason. Right. They were great episodes. Really fun. It's the same vibe, but change of locale. We're not in Kentucky or in Florida for that matter. Well, I mean, Florida at the very beginning, but that's it. But yeah, Raylan comes back and he's got his daughter Willa in tow. Ironically, not ironically, but funny enough that it's his real life daughter. Tim Oliphant's daughter is playing grown up Willa. Now the baby you saw at the end of the show of it's when it's first run. It's cool though. It's separate, totally separate from the series. So it's not like an extension of the series. It is, but not right. like when you look at IMDb, the series ended in 2015. So that rebranding of calling it justified city primeval, that's the actual new title. So you is, is a separate IMDb data entry. And you know what? That the young elephant holds her own. She's pretty good in it. Well, I would imagine that's good stock. So I'm like, oh, she's a she's a cute girl and everything. She's got a little bit of chops, but dude, she does something in the second episode. I'm like, it's such a Tim Oliphant face. I'm like, oh shit. If anybody wants to question that, that's his kid. And she kind of looks like him, but she looks more like her mom. But then he, she just makes this face. I'm like, oh, well, yep. <laughs> there's, there a, there's a surprise, right? Uh, it's weird. I wonder if they moved it to Detroit, uh, because that's originally, that, that's where uh, Elmore Leonard's from. And that's kind of where I think that the short story, Fire in the Hole, kind of took place, right? It, that, and they had relocated it to Kentucky originally? Um, you know, it's funny. I don't uh, remember. As far as, like, as, far as the, the, based on the original ideas and stuff, how it ended up in Kentucky, I don't know. So when I first heard about the, the limited series coming and that it was going to be in Detroit, I thought, I thought the same thing too. I thought it was going to be a continuation of the story. And now he's finally dealing with all the, all the head honchos and, and all the crime element that, that was seeping in to Kentucky in the original series. Right. I don't want to give anything away, but I'll just say at this point, at, at this stage, two episodes in, we're not seeing any of that. There's a, there's a, your, your buddy Boyd is in this and I don't mean Boyd, the character I'm talking about. Holbrook? Holbrook's in it. And he's, Sweet. he's fucking great in it, dude. He's so perfect in it. And after Dial of Destiny, it's fun seeing him like taking a more, and he's the lead dude. He's the lead baddie in it, which is fucking fun because he's always the sidekick. In fact, and even in Dial and Destiny, there's so many people in Dial of Destiny. So he's part of a group of, of baddies. So, but he's kind of like the main dude. And he's not, if you think about it, though, it doesn't need, he, he kills more people <laughs> in Dial of Destiny. I know I'm, I'm, I'm not ruining anything here. We already mentioned that there's fucking, this is easily the bloodiest Indiana Jones there is of the five. Oh, yeah, man. Unless you talk about the, the carnage that happened in the theater when, after people saw Crystal Skull the first time. Sure. No, it's fun, dude. The series is fun. There's a, you can tell it's like, you know, putting on a, you know, putting on a pair of warm slippers for Oliphant. It's just a, an easy character for him to play. 
And, uh, yeah, it's fun. I, what's crazy is, and I think I mentioned this way back when he came on, cause he and Conan O'Brien are very good friends and uh, they, he came on the podcast again, again, the two of the best episodes that Conan's ever had on his podcast have been when Tim has been on. Well, he mentioned when they were shooting in Chicago in this big park at night that a, like a re- legit car chase with gunfire happened around the park. It like circled the entire park. It was happening while they were shooting. Like people, they had to like duck down. And the, one of the PAs was standing by this bus stop. And if he didn't duck down, he would have been dead. He would have been shot based on where all the bullet holes were, which are pretty wild. So the first episode, you see the park in the episode where there's a character running through the park, but you don't see Raylan. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's the same park. But later on, you, he does show up on the uh, in that park later on. So you, that's how the, that's how you knew it was the same place. But it's so wild to think about that was legit. But Chicago, man, right? <laughs> Fucking scary, <laughs> pretty scary. Because he said it was in the on, on Conan's thing that it was it was a pretty dicey area that they were shooting in. And uh, he said that part of his anecdote on that show was. He, he was speaking with one of the officers, off-duty officers that was working security on the set. And he said, that was some scary shit, huh? And he, so, he, so, so he said, like, you know, when when you got a cop there that's been in the force for 22 years is telling you how scary something was in his own town, you know, it was pretty dicey. So it was kind of cool knowing, being in that connection, like they were out there shooting some a meaningless TV show at the end of the day, and yet somebody could have died on set without any yeah, uh, without any fault of their own. Uh, as far as like poor set safety, it would have just been fucking real life coming into play. Right. It's it's fun though. It's 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 a blast seeing him back in that role and everything. But yeah, cool. It's cool. I can't wait to get into it. I'm gonna try. I'm trying to launch into it maybe later this afternoon. You know, since I'm not. You know, well, I'm trying not to go outside and <laughs> melt. <laughs> Okay, so I can't tell you what I, 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 there was one point yesterday I went outside to go check the mail and it was so fucking hot out. I, I'm like going, ah, oh, dude, I feel, I, I made a comment about felt like that, like my old Star Wars figures when I used to melt. And then I just started laughing because of what we said during the Black Demon episode that came yeah. out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So we had, when, when you showed up uh, to record if you haven't heard, heard it yet, Freddie and I actually recorded in person for the first time in fucking three years, three plus years. I had just ordered it on VOD. And so when, after you split, Melody and Joe came home from uh, doing some uh, stuff for my mom. And I said, hey, there's another 44 hours uh, of the rental oh, on God that. Lord. So you guys can watch it. They watched the trailer and didn't. they said, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to watch that. Yeah, well, you know, good on them. Even that was right there for them to watch. Sure. Joey's like, Uncle, what, what about Meg 2? Am I going, I don't want to see Meg 2. I already, oh, I, I'm I, seeing Meg 2. I, I know you are. I'm with Joey. I'm not, I just, I can't. Look, if I have time to go to a theater, I'm going to go see Barbie. I'm not going <laughs> to. Oh, Oppenheimer can suck my ass, though. I'm not seeing that either. I, you know how I feel about Nolan. Do no one in his pretentious bullshit. I just would rather watch Fat Man and Little Boy again. Exactly. And everyone's talking about how just this piv- these pivotal moments in there, because I don't worry about spoilers. So I don't give a shit about the movie. I, I read I read history books, so I know what really happened. So I don't need to have it fucking dramatized. Correct. I used, they used to teach uh, history when I went to school. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of ruined Bridges Spies for me. 
Spy bridge. Spy bridge, right? <laughs> like, but I'm with these, I'm with these guys, these kids who were all probably, you know, 30 at the time. And none of them knew how it ended. They were like, oh, it's, it's, it was so suspenseful. And I'm like, if you didn't know how it ended. <laughs> you I mean, not know how it ended. They're like, what? Well, you knew how it ended? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, well, how? I'm like, um, history? U.S. history? <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't fictional. What, I, yeah. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> what do they teach? What do they teach you guys? And what, 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 I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, I just thought it was history and like, you know, I kind of thought, you know, sometimes you go see a historical film, you know, to spoil, you know, you didn't have to worry about spoilers because it had already been spoiled, but you were just there because you're, you know, interested in the historical aspect of it. But yeah, it's right. weird. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not a Nolan guy outside of, uh, well, like we talked in the episode, Memento and maybe... Insomnia. Uh, maybe Insomnia. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid to watch it. And then, again, we, we like we talked about, I love Inception, but for me, that's the last really good movie. I'm like, ah, Dark Knight Rises is okay just to close out a series, but whatever. It didn't, I mean, did it matter? Did, it, did I really need it? No. I wouldn't find without it. But I just, when he came out about, again, and I cut this out of the episode, that's how I know it's not there so I can say it now. When he came out with his pretentious bullshit about his sound mix, when people were complaining about not being able to understand people in Tenet, he said, oh, you mixed us on a special stage. And so, and then now this time around, he like, you can get pretentious answer saying, well, you're seeing in a shitty theater. So yeah, and I'm like, but I, he, but it was mixed for you not to understand, to hear people. I'm like, wait, then why the fuck are you even writing dialogue if you're not putting subtitles up for people or, or I'm not supposed to be able to hear them. Yeah. And then now, and then when this movie was opening, he was being all super pretentious. Here's where, and he with a list of theaters of where to see the movie. I'm like, shut up, dude. I don't have time for your crap. Stop. I most yeah, certainly don't have two away. hours and 40 minutes to go sit and watch something. I already know. I know the end of the movie. Guess what? Yes. We're still here. <laughs> That's how I know. Oh, shit. You know how I know? Because I'm still here. It's 2023. At the same, but I'm giving you a reason of why I don't care to see it. I'm not, I don't want to disparage anybody from seeing it. If you enjoyed it, knock yourself out, but don't get all pissy when you when I tell you I'm not going to go see it or I haven't seen it. I'm just getting pissy because you don't want to see Meg too. I don't, dude, I, I'm sorry, but Turtle Top to me, Brian brings a certain tone. I don't know who the fuck this person is that directed it. I, I know what no I one does. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Who directed Black Demon? Remember Boise? Who? What the fuck? Gunner or something? <laughs> Gunner <laughs> Jürgen Jürgenhagen Hagenheimer? Oppenheimer directed Black yeah, Demon. Oppen, op, <laughs> the Heimer. Open, Oppenheimer. 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 Open, Oppenheimer? Oh, I know. All right, so do with the. I I was laughing at the episode because I was I was I couldn't get my music to play. I'm driving home from work on Friday, so I listened to the episode coming home, and I was chuckling about how we we do this thing once in a while when we do commentaries where we kind of latch onto something and we just repeat it a lot. And yeah, I was <laughs> obsessed with this shirt. <laughs> you were obsessed with the shirt, but we didn't. We never called. We never called him Josh. We just called him Josh Lucas. It was like it was it was, it was one word. <laughs> We're yeah, well, that, why why wouldn't we call him Josh Lucas? The only time we ever just called him Josh, we just said, Nobody "Oh yeah, would know who we were talking about." We just said, "Oh, the better Josh." We do. That's the only time we ever just referred to him as as just Josh. Sure. Yeah, we ran down a list of other Joshes. That's why we had to say Lucas. Didn't want anybody to confuse it. And then uh, on in a text chain exchange after we recorded. That's what made it even funnier as I was cutting it together or just kind of auditing, make sure we didn't say anything stupid. Oh, by the way, 
it sounds the way it sounds. If it sounds um, a little echoey, is I we use these wireless mics, and the wireless mics sounded fine. But I I didn't want to mess with our normal setup on my rig, so I I loaded a new show and then loaded those new wireless mics. But what I didn't know is that by default, it makes it a stereo show when you record it, as opposed to multi-track where I can separate our audio like I normally do. And so yeah, it was just a stereo mix. I had to kind of run together. That's why the the sound kind of warbles a little bit because you were hearing the movie through our mic and then also you sometimes could hear each other through our mics. It, it was fine, but next time when we do future commentaries sitting on the couch together, it won't sound that way. But, um, oh, our text exchange after we recorded on Thursday was really funny. Of uh, We were coming up with all the Joshes that would be better than Josh Lucas and Black Team. Sure. There's a long list. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I couldn't even type Josh Gad as I was laughing, laughing so hard. Dude, it's funny. We didn't even say Josh Brolin. Oh, see, we didn't either. He would have been fucking, no. dude, he would have been rad. <sighs> well, that was too obvious. <laughs> what is, is it though? Well, I mean that he's better than Josh Lucas. No, well, no, we knew that, but I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't necessarily be an obvious choice for a movie like that. I wish I he would just he... do something like that. That's always so cool about him doing Deadpool. It was like it wasn't. Right. It wasn't like him to do that. So that doesn't. Sure. No, not at all. He hasn't done anything in a bit, huh? Uh, you know, I remember like wife. Well, it's God. It's been like five years now because I remember it was the. Uh, I called it the summer of Josh Brolin. It was uh, Deadpool two and um, Sicario two, and he was in like three or four movies, like all in one summer. It was crazy. But I, yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen him anything in a while. Well, because you know his wife had a new baby a few years ago, so maybe he's just kind of keeping it low sure. key, worrying about the. Oh, dude, he was in Dune. Yeah, but still, that was that was that. I would have had to get through Dune to realize he was in Dune. I think I, I don't remember anything about Dune. It's weird, and I'm a fan. I'm of the books and stuff, um, and I don't remember that first movie at all. Oh, it's you weird. know what, dude? He did that Outer Range show for Prime, the Yellowstone kind of knockoff. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 But it's not really that. It's. Um, it's actually a little more, it's got a little more sci-fi element to it. I never watched this. Fuck. I'm, I'm going to, all right, I'm tapping this. I'm calling it right now. Everybody watch Outer Range and I'll watch it too. It's on Prime. You know, it's another thing. Uh, what was the movie? I, I just saw it recently. I, I was going to go back and revisit it because I, I, I remember taking a pass on it when it came out and I was like, God, why didn't I see that? It looks good. It's the movie with Josh Brolin where he is like, they're fighting in this giant forest fire. Right, what is that movie called? I literally just had his fucking page open. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just had his IMDb open. I'm like, where the fuck did it go? Only the Brave. I think that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Only the Brave. I think oh, I just queued it up. Holy shit. That was in the fucking IMAX too. Damn. Yeah. Because I remember we, we were going to go, we were going to go see it at the only IMAX theater in Savannah when I was there. It's got Jennifer Connelly. It's got Bridges. Oh, dude, uh, James Dale's yeah. in it, too. It's a good cast. I like James Dale. James fucking, Dale, yep. Yeah. Andy McDowell. Oh, dude, see, look at, okay, I know people don't fucking like him, or some people don't like him, but Taylor Kitsch, dude, I, he got a fucking raw deal, dude. He gets on one of the fucking biggest movies, like, being in John Carter was such a big fucking deal, and then Disney shit the bed promoting it. From Mars? Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun movie, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was that's uh, not his. That, that we certainly wasn't his fault. No, no, it wasn't. But that was like that. But people kind of looked at him after that. Cause, I mean, he was in some big movies. I mean, what was the, what was the one he Battleship. did? Battleship. Battleship. But what was the one he did with? Uh, 
X-Men Origins. He was in <laughs> Marine one. No? Yeah, no, he plays Remy LeBeau. Yeah, he plays uh, Gambit, right? But no, I'm, right. th- I'm thinking of um, the no, Oliver Stone one where he's a, where he's a dealer. Travolta. Savages. Savages, thank you. I actually really yeah. enjoyed that. I thought it was good. That cast was fucking solid. I mean, the story, kind of, eh. Savages has that very funny games ending where they, they actually did like a rewind thing in the middle of it. You know what I mean? They're trying to be cute about it. I think Oliver Stone was kind of, well, I don't want to say Oliver Stone was high on hashish, but we all know that's, I don't have to say something that's everybody obviously knows is true. Sama was in it. Travolta was in it playing an FBI piece of shit. Yeah, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson from Bullet Train's in it. But Del Toro's in it. Blake Lively's in it. Yeah, it's kind of a good cast, man. Shea Wiggum's in it. Who was the side? Who was the second? Because he had that. Because there's like a three-way love triangle with with Taylor and Blake, and there was a third, the second dude. Who was it? Oh, it was the dude from Kick Ass. Yes. Right. What the fuck's his name? I'm blanking on his fucking name right now. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yes. Did you already say that? The dude from Bullet Train. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, you yeah. said Bullet Train. I was like, I would have didn't click. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know him from Kick-Ass because I've never seen it. Oh, yeah, he's in Kick-Ass, and he's also uh, in a lot of things, but... Yeah. You look. Hey, look, I'm going to say, look, if you want to find... If you want something to watch which you haven't seen, it's on Netflix now, Savages. If you haven't seen it, it's fun, man. Yeah, dude, I like... Oh, is it on... Dude, I fucking love that movie. I, I thought it was really... Yeah. I mean, again, again, you could you can tell when Oliver Stone wants to get, put his pretentious, shitty, silly, silly shit in there. But no, it was fun. I really liked the way that whole love triangle worked. I think this goes across the board with almost with most stone movies after well after platoon, but further that you have to go further into his filmography to, to say this. And with accuracy, he, his casts are always pretty well dense. Like in like JFK is fucking, it's just full of people. Right. So is platoon. Well, I mean like, but then he did, but then he did, some, he did some movies where the cast wasn't so vast. Uh, I would, I would say, I don't know, man. Like I would say from, from platoon forward. Cause I mean, I would go back to Salvador, you know, you got, there's, you know, Salvador is probably the least yeah. populated cast because it's, you know, it's Woods, Belushi, and probably John Savage are the only people I could name. I forget maybe it was Amanda Pays in that movie. <laughs> Somebody like that uh, is in that movie. But uh, yeah, dude, Stone always had a good cast. Well, you know, he always had a good cast, but I mean, as far as like an ensemble beyond like three or four people, like it, talk radio was low key because, I mean, because the play well, was low. Well, got born on the 4th of July. There's, dude, everybody's in that movie. Yeah. Heaven and Earth, The Doors. And those things are just jam full of people. Yeah, U-Turn's kind of low-key, though, too. But then he goes back no, to... No, U-Turn, but U-Turn's got a giant cast, dude. Everybody in that movie is... It's Powers Booth, it's Nick Nolte, it's Jennifer Lopez, Penn, Billy Bob Thornton. I guess my idea about the, uh, uh, the movie is limited to the one time I've seen it, and it's not very good. Which one? U-Turn? U-Turn. Oh, I was going to say U-Turn would be a good movie to watch with Savages. <laughs> Oh well, I mean, to, what to show you, what, what to do, what to do, and what not to do. I, but then, oh, but I don't then know. He, I, I don't know. I don't hate U-turn like you do. I guess. <laughs> I, I I haven't seen it. I, I enjoyed it when I saw it, except for Tony TNT Tucker. It would be a good return for me because I've seen it once. So yeah, it's a, you know, look, it's probably better than you remember it. I mean, it, just, it depends on how much you like Sean Penn. I think. Hey, I, I know, I know a movie that uh, that he did that's got a low a low ensemble count. <laughs> Wait, hold fucking on. documentary about Castro. I was going to say uh, the Oliver Stone interview, yeah. uh, 2020. 
I'm Oliver Stone. I'm interviewing I, myself. I not, have I seen? I don't think I've seen anything since Savages. I'm serious. I didn't see Snowden. I didn't see um, Snowden's unwatchable. Actually, you know what? I haven't seen anything since Alexander. I, I skipped World Trade. I skipped W. South of Border. Oh, with the dude, Wall Street W. Sequel. Oh, okay. The one time I got I got really close to seeing Wall Street. Money never sleeps because we were. I was working as an avid assistant in at um. Over on uh, fucking Bundy and Olympic. What the fuck was that building called? I forget the name. But over by the by the car lot there, he was cutting Wall Street too there. And then I was out just kind of. My truck was so tall though I couldn't park in the parking structure underneath the building because I'm not kidding you. It had a six foot three clearance. What parking structure had six foot three clearance? So the one to, that wants to keep people out. Yeah, so I had to park <laughs> on the street, but they kept giving me quarters. So, but I had to keep going on the street and feeding the meter. So one of the times I was coming back, he's out there smoking weed because <laughs> he's fucking Oliver Stone, and he says. And so he starts talking me up. He's like, oh, what are you, do you work in the building? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm an avid assistant stairs. Like, oh, so you know a little bit about editing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, hey, uh, you want to come by and see my movie later? And I go, um, sure. I, I go, is this, is this the Wall Street follow-up? And he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, so you know my work. And I'm like, going, Duh. I've always, I've always seen him as being somebody so fucking full of himself that if I said no, he would have been like... It would have been a weird, but he was actually kind of low key and kind of humbled by the fact that I knew what the hell he was talking about. But unfortunately, I, I he goes, I, can you, you can you block out four hours? And I go, four hours? And I'm like, I don't want to sit through four hours of your movie while you sit behind me breathing down my neck. So I said, no, unfortunately, I have to be home to to uh, to let the dog out kind of bullshit. I just made stuff up. Who let the dog out? I yeah. got to go home and let the dog out. <laughs> wink, wink. But I've never seen the movie before. That's as close as other than Savages. I haven't seen anything. Oh, dude, you're missing out if you haven't seen W because, it, dude, it's one of the best Josh Brolin performances. And I should because of Josh Brolin. But I, I maybe I'll go back. What the f- is it playing anywhere in him? Uh, w? I don't know. 15. But W is, uh, w oh, is oh, one no, of dude, it's, on, it's on Prime right now. Yeah, right. you're right. Because I, it, it, yes, it, it came up uh, after I watched JFK not too long ago. It came up in my uh, my list of things to watch. W is great, dude. Like honestly, I'm gonna it, add it. And also, the way that yeah, it, there's. I mean, it's dude. I, to me, it's way better than um, Vice, the Dick Cheney thing they made a few years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I was I like, just, I'll just watch W again. <laughs> Although Sam Rockwell was pretty good as W in that, but Bro- Brolin's great in W. Which one's south of the border? Oh, it's another doc. That's right. He did a bunch of documentaries. They did two docs in a row, right? That and the Castro thing. Mm-hmm. The Castro was like, oh, you did the well, Castro in the wind in winter was was one documentary, right? Because the other one was like came out in like two thousand two. Didn't he do like what? Did, well, he did the Putin interviews too, right? Yeah. So yeah, Commandante was like in two thousand three, but then they like he did like a director's cut of his own documentary. He's fucking weirdo, dude. He's such a trip. Amigo Hugo. Yeah, and then he and then when he did JFK Revisited, right in twenty twenty one, that was kind of like part of the Blu Ray release, the re release. Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. What's nuclear yeah. now? Well, I mean, dude, he's 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 seventy-seven years old, dude. He's not, you know, he's, he's. I don't know that he has, you know, another giant, you know. No. There's no more. There's no more of those big movies in him. But you look, there's a you think you know, like him or dislike him. There, his body of work's pretty pretty awesome, especially from eighty-eight to or eighty-seven, eighty-six, till at least two thousand 
you know, for a good 15 years, man, yeah. he, he had some pretty stellar flicks. I don't know how we went off on Oliver Stone. Well, no, but because we talked about Josh Brolin. No, but look, right. here's the thing though. Okay. So we talked about fucking Oppenheimer early on in, in the, this conversation. Yeah. And I don't know how much you've seen this at all online. When people talk about the movie, people got, maybe you want to go home and watch JFK. That's what I, I've heard that more than one person say that. I'm going to say this right now. We've said this since the fucking day we started this podcast. We said it more than once. JFK is probably one of the best movies to come out of the 90s. And it was barely into the 90s. It's so fucking good. It's one of those movies that convinces you like of like legit conspiracy. 100%. Yeah, dude. It's, yes. And the fucking the cast is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean... We we mentioned it during when we were covering John Candy month and about Candy's performance in that. Well, talk about Candy's performance before. We've talked about Kevin Bacon. Pesci, we've talked about yeah. Olden. We've talked about Pesci in that movie. Pesci's wig. Here's the things <laughs> we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about Tommy Lee Jones in that movie. Yeah. Or and we've talked about we have talked about Costner in that movie, but leave Costner's whole team, Michael Rooker. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. There's not a bad performance in the in the movie. Frank Wally. We talked about Frank Wally being the second shooter. Yeah. In JFK. Dude, the the scene with JFK and they're interviewing Kevin Bacon <laughs> out in the back. And, oh, yeah. And Kevin Bacon just kind of giving it to him. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Again, so fucking good. And I that was one of the ones, uh, one of the laser discs I bought it's just so proudly. And, and it, it, as much as I love the Doors movie, I just love the whole vibe of the movie. It might be my second favorite Stone movie. Doors? Yeah, no, no, JFK. JFK, I'm like, because... Oh, for it, me, it's... It, it, yeah, it's I know, tough, I know Born the Fourth for you. I know it's probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Born... I mean, yeah, it's, again, like, again, I feel like it's one, one, and then one A, one B. <laughs> right. Mean, there's, you know, it's the same thing with Spielberg. Right. Sliding scale to, to the hilt, for sure. Yeah. Which brings me, just really weirdly, because I, I was I was going to text you earlier, but uh, I always think that, you know, Jaws, like when I, like, what is an influential movie for me? Like, uh, But every time I watch Close Encounters, I realize how much more Close Encounters scared me when I was eight years old than yeah. Jaws did. Yeah. Um, for me, it was I was at that age, too, and I mentioned of the drive-in theater that I used, you know, the last movie I saw with my dad was, in, in the theater, again, we, I gotta reiterate this, the last movie he went to the movie theater to see, because he, he stopped going to the movies after this, was Close Encounters and Follow Me Boys, and that was at the one that could drive in, which turned into this other walk-in. That walk-in now closed, well, you know, because of the pandemic, and now it's gonna become, it's gonna be reconverted to be a Tesla distribution center for their batteries. How about that? Wow. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Close encounters. I think every child under 10 can totally relate to that young boy standing at that door. Dude. Right. Look, man, that scared me more than anything. There, yeah. There's several moments in this movie that's that literally, and not scared like terror, but like scared and excited. And I was, I was watching it this morning because I, I woke up really early and it was, uh, it just, I caught Pluto. It just started on Pluto and I was like, oh, fuck it, I'm in. And I was watching it and I was like, God, dude, there, there are moments. I mean, all of it. it. It's a movie that moves. It's, it's a long movie, but it never feels long. Right. And, you're never like, dude, when, and Melinda Dillon, dude, when she, uh, when, when there are, when all those reporters are dogging her and trying to get answers out of her after a kid's been taken and she just 
opens that elevator and kind of slumps in and she's in there, but, and she closes the door, all that racket going on behind her. I mean, there's some, you know, it's funny because I know people sometimes say, oh, you know, there's, you know, it's the luck of, you know, it's the performances. Sometimes there's, there's, you know, people don't feel human and Uh, I'm going to say maybe now, but I don't see it in those early movies. I don't know how people can say things like that. It's weird, man. You look at that, dude, everybody, and that movie is packed with people. Holy shit. And you know that, and it's funny, that's a movie that I think it for us, that, that fear is just, just primal for being not for the unknown, but I, I don't know about you, but I think we were both way too young to understand what really what the fuck the movie was about. Or, 100%. Nope. And so when I got to like um, mid teens and I watched it again and the whole opening with your foe and everything, I'm like, it just, yeah. It, I'm like, this movie's fucking deep as fuck, dude. It's so good. And again, here we were talking about sliding scale with Spielberg. It's in, it's easy for me to once adult me is kind of like watches it and, and understands it from a um, philosophical point, just from a logic point of what the fuck is being said about the movie to easily how easy it is to kind of revert back to childhood and be that little Barry standing at the door. Yeah. Curiosity and fucking fear. Of what the hell that thing is coming to get you know me. who else loves this movie and i can tell you that and i don't even know the fucking guy but i know that chris carter loves this movie oh, because yeah yeah Mulder's <laughs> sister's disappearance is is literally this they shot i mean literally like he lifted it right out of there yeah and then in and then also um when the johnny mathis record comes on yeah while it's all happening um the, you know everyone knows the x-files lifted that whole johnny mathis maybe not the same song but for the episode home right. you'll never forget that johnny mathis moment but dude Literally, I, I was watching it and I was like, holy shit, man. This is such an influential movie. And, and I always, you know, when people talk about Spielberg, I feel like this often gets overlooked. Like when people are rattling on about E.T. I look, I overlook it all the time. Did MR? I, I didn't even bring it up. Yeah, it's, oh, and your neighbor's in it too. Speaking of Chris I Carter, know. right? <laughs> uh-huh. Lance Henriksen, again, chock yep. full of people, right? A lot of people that weren't, anybody in your eyes yet but if you yeah. go back and watch Closing Counters you're like holy Dude. shit holy shit holy you lose track of what's going on in the movie because you're too busy pointing at the screen yep yeah yeah and everybody knows he's the he's the neighbor with the with the shovel yeah. <laughs> in Home Alone just so you know if, you want, if you want some context uh, and do Bob Balaban's in this movie, uh, Melinda Dillon, who most people really only know from as Ralphie's mom from uh, Christmas Story. Right. Um, and dude, maybe, dude, I don't know if Dreyfus is ever this good in anything. I mean, I, I always think Dreyfus is good. There's, a, you know, the early part of Dreyfus' career. But to me, this is like the one performance where I'm like, and I, and I love him as Hooper. But man, dude, as Roy Neary, he is so fucking good. Dude. You really, you feel for the guy, dude. He's, he, he doesn't, you know, he's a, he's a victim of chance. And it's such a just... I don't know, man. He just gives a, I think probably his most well-rounded and likable performance it, it, with a flawed character. Everybody knows what a big synthesizer nerd I am. I want to talk real quick about the guy you, you see him playing. Mm-hmm. Up on the tower, Devil's Tower. Yeah, that, Philip Dodds is the is the the actor's name. And I'm using the word, I'm using finger quotes around the word actor because he's not an actor. 
he actually was chief engineer for a company back in the 70s and then he since called ARP Instruments. So he is playing a synthes- an ARP synth that he created himself. So I mean Spielberg was so like in, impressed about the about the idea and then he and then he asked Dodds to be on camera. It's like, well no one's gonna be able to play this better than me. And, and he, so he ends up playing that cue that John Williams wrote. He played it on his own synth. How fucking cool was that? It's like again I didn't know all this stuff until I became more nerdy about some of the synthesizer stuff. But again speaking of Williams, that whole that whole cue, if you if you got anywhere near an organ or a synth or something like that when we were that that age, you learned how to play this. <laughs> those those notes. Oh yeah, absolutely. If, xylophone. If you had a if you had a xylophone, even the little Fisher Price one. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. My dad used to make joke. Not my dad was never a musician, but he would make a joke and I'm like going, he's like John Williams is making a career out of just adding a couple more notes to his last classic legendary score. Like if you think about going from Jaws to this, right? <laughs> he just oh, you just add a few notes, right? You know yeah. what's crazy, man, is during that whole ending, like when in the back and forth between the aliens and and, and the humans, you know, there's a point where it's like Dan it, Dan it. The aliens feedback, you know, the first couple of beats of, of the Jaws theme, and I was like, holy shit, dude. yeah. 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 I mean, and this movie's just epic, dude. The scale is amazing. And it, it really, really holds up. The UFO, everything, it all still really looks amazing. And yeah. guess what? There's no fucking green screen, blue yeah. screen. It, it is one of those movies that just, I, you remember when we were young, we'd come across Starlog. Just, we would just relish over seeing yeah. stills of the miniatures and the fuck, dude. It's like, I mean, now we're so devoid of BTS on Blu-rays and DVDs that like, I mean, I'd love to just go back and see, I get excited over still pictures again, like we were when we were kids because there's nothing, no one's shooting anything anymore as far as like, um, you know, extras and behind the scenes stuff. And it's disappointing because it means so much to the film process. But you know what the problem now is I think too much of the audience though is too educated. Sure. And I'm using them again, finger quotes again, because- I mean, educated in the sense that they've seen things, but they don't really comprehend what's being done. Right. Look at that. <laughs> Fucking, we almost got a movie length episode because we yeah. we went down the rabbit hole talking about closing counters and this, okay. You just heard basically what we talk about in closing counters. If we covered closing counters and there's, again, that's why we don't cover the bigger movies like that because there's, Fucking oh, it's yeah, it just it, becomes it, we, like we sound like fanboys, and there's people out there that have done some amazing research and and done video essays and audio essays on the movie that just that they're fans of it. But we don't sound all nerdy like we do about it. They they do their research and make some yeah. So Jaws two is on a four K. <laughs> is that how we got there? Like, yeah, I think that's where we started. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have our movies picked out for August and shit for September for that matter, don't we? That's correct. Oh, uh, we have one for September we're kind of trying to figure out because I think we might have some difficulty making that one work, right? Well, yeah, well I think it's also that. It's also hard for anybody to watch it. We don't mind doing one movie in a theme month where it might be a little a struggled for us to, for you and for the audience to get outside of uh, an optical disc, but- to do two in a month would be too much and we don't want to do it to people. We want people to get a chance to watch something. That's the whole point of this silly thing is to 
entice people to watch something that we enjoyed or avoid, well, they might enjoy. or avoid things that we didn't. Avoid the noise. <laughs> avoid the El Demano Benian. But also maybe you don't want to avoid because it it's, it's pretty awful in, in kind of a good way. Yeah. 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 Although, you know, you listen to the commentary, you'll, you'll, you'll hear it. You'll, you'll hear us <laughs> go on about it. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> true so if you want to follow us on the socials you can follow us on twitter or x or whatever the fuck it is elon supposedly changing the name to this week because you know he's really on a mission to fucking flush it down the toilet i, I don't know about you man but i don't know if i could take 60 billion dollars put it into into something and just intentionally flush it but whatever it's at karate pod uh as well on letterboxd and insta Corey has on insta culprit 97 and on letterboxd is Corey underscore cult. If you like to follow me, you can follow me at rock and roll 33 on your Instagram, or you can follow me at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. That's Tom Cody at Letterboxd.